Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Locked on Colts, part of Locked on Podcast Network. Today, as always, my name is Evan Sidery, and we're joined by our usual Monday guest host, Zach Hicks of Stampede Blue. How are you doing today, Zach? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on again. And, uh, you know, I know it's a tough week to talk Colts after a really rough loss, but, um, you know, two and two still up there in the division, so not too bad. Yeah, I think the things, as far as division goes, outside of Jacksonville getting that win in Denver, it kind of broke the right way as far as Houston goes, because they had a surprising loss on the Carolina. But the Colts had especially probably the worst loss of any big team this week as far as expectations go. Colts lost 24-31 to at home against the Oakland Raiders. This is a game, Zach, that I chalked up as a win either way when the schedule came out in March and April. And I'm, I'm very shocked at just the start of that game because 14 nothing the first five minutes of that game, it looked like they were just shell-shocked. Yeah, and you know, it's tough. I mean, you obviously don't want to go off to slow starts like that, and you don't want to make excuses, but, you know, when you're missing three of your top five players on the entire roster, you know, Malik Hooker, uh, Darius Leonard, and T.Y. Hilton are, are not just three any players. You know, those are three pro bowl or all pro talent. Uh, so when you're missing those three guys, it definitely takes a toll, and, and then when you get off to a slow start, it's just really hard to recover when you don't have your star players to lean on. So a uh, rough start, uh, kind of a rough game overall, and and the only reason the Colts were even in it late in the game was just because the Raiders kept shooting themselves in the foot. So uh, really not too much positive to take away from the game, which is, is pretty tough to say after, a, you know, a game. But uh, it, it was just a rough outing all around, you know, from, from the offense, to the defense, to, to just about everything. Yeah, you could say that again because it just seemed like the flow of the game right from the start was all for this Colts team. And looking through the stats here again, I think the hot topic of this week has to be Matt Eberflus, Zach, because – this is now three weeks in a row, really, outside Marcus Mariota but in week two in Tennessee. He kind of had his own accurate day himself. But Phillip Rivers, then you had Matt Ryan. Now Derek Carr had himself an efficient day, 21 of 31, 189, two touchdowns. Didn't really have to do much without get the ground game was for Oakland as well. But how worried are should the Colts fans be here about this zone defense? Because it seems like teams are figuring it out. And if you have an average two above average quarterback, you're going to do pretty well against it. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't even blame just the zone defense in general because I did see a lot of, you know, a lot more man coverage this past weekend. Not that it was, a, you know, they only ran man, but they, they did run a little bit more man coverage this week, and the, the Raiders were still beating them. You know, I, I just think something's just not clicking from Eberflus just not being aggressive enough, uh, not trying to mix up tendencies or disguise enough, uh, to the defense just playing passive and missing tackles. I think there's a, you know, it's, it's not all the blame on, on Matt Eberflus right now, but at the end of the day, you know, he, he's the coach of the defense. Uh, he's pretty much the guy in charge of the entire defense. So uh, when, the, when that unit is failing, it, it does kind of fall on him. So he, he's definitely got to do something here. You know, uh, for a team that has an offense that, that does do a lot of good things, I mean, last this past week was a bad example of the offense. But that, to have an offense that is so unique and, and always changing up and, and just doing things to, to counter opponents, to have a defense that kind of just looks vanilla and bland and, and kind of just, again, looks like it's just getting beat every single week. Uh, it, it's definitely, uh, you know, not a good look. So Eurofluus has to take some responsibility. I think the players also take responsibility on that defense. But uh, something has to change. You know, the coverage is not looking great. And the pass rush after the first two games looked really good. But these last two has looked terrible. So uh, there's definitely going to be uh, some kind of changes on this defense because it's just not working right now. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule again here, Zach. They play Kansas City next week, and they have the bye, and then Houston. I think maybe having – even though the bye initially we probably thought was a bad idea, maybe with a new quarterback and especially how bad this defense is struggling, do you think the bye week couldn't come at a better time as far as the defensive strategy go for that, that side of the ball? 
I, I just wish it was before the Kansas City game. Honestly, I know you never want the buy this early in the year, but you know, again, when you're missing T.Y. Hilton, uh, Darius Leonard, Malik Hooker, uh, those those are you know, again, three of your most five uh, valuable players on the team. I mean, you could argue those are the top three most valuable players on this entire roster. Uh, it, it, this is tough. It's tough to recover from that. And again, it's not excuses. Uh, there's no excuse to come out and play the way they did on Sunday, but they need this bye week because you, you can't really sustain success without, you know, your star players. You're, you can have a really good roster and still be a decent team, but you're only really as good as what your star players are kind of able to do for you. Uh, so uh, missing those star players and, and, you know, honestly, Malik Hooker this year has, has really jumped up to star status, uh, but missing those stars, those star players, I mean, it's just hard to win in the NFL without them. Yeah, definitely. And, and you see T.Y. Hilton's absence played a huge role on this team, especially Jacoby Brissett, because he was only 24-46 for 265, three touchdowns. But it seemed like without T.Y., he was doubling everyone as far as targets and receptions go so far this season. It was kind of a weird distribution as far as a lot of checkdowns, nine hines. You had Zach Paschal being the main receiver there. Paris Campbell get five for 25. And then also Eric Ebron had a horrible day, three drop passes, and then that one touchdown late in garbage time. What was your assessment of the passing game yesterday? Honestly, the only positive takeaways, I think, of the of the passing game is I think the left side, offensive line, just with Quentin Nelson and Anthony Costanza looked good. I think Brissett did some good things overall. Uh, you know, maybe not his best game, but I, I think he did do some good things. Uh, but I think Naeem Hines and Zach Paschal have definitely uh, stepped up. Uh, especially Zach Pascal. I mean, that that's a guy who I, I really want to highlight because we all kind of said he might have been a, uh, you know, a roster cut, uh, maybe a roster bubble guy. And, and he's come out and he's played, you know, much better than Deion Kane, who uh, the fan base is in love with, uh, and even the coaching staff to a degree is in love with. He's played a lot better than Deion Kane. He's played a lot better than Paris Campbell even. Uh, so I think Zach Pascal deserves a lot of credit. But uh, the biggest takeaway, honestly, is just these young receivers aren't really, you know, doing anything uh, and, and I know it's it's early in the year and they're both basically rookies and Deion Kane and Paris Campbell but at the end of the day you just got to produce I mean they're getting their targets they're getting their opportunities uh, they're getting playing time uh, if you're just not producing you're not producing and and personally uh, I I would be uh, I would be surprised if, if Zach Pascal doesn't just out snap uh, Deion Kane going forward because I just think he's earned those snaps where where Kane uh, you know is not really separating and he's not catching the ball thrown his way it's just not producing and at the end of the day you know the NFL is a production league if you're not producing you're not producing and I think uh, Pascal's done a good job and, and I don't think Kane or Campbell has really done much with their targets. How, is that where you expect it I mean let's say hypothetically TY's out again on Sunday would you make Pascal like the focal point of the outside offense there because if he takes Kane's spot there maybe at Paris Campbell and Doyle and then maybe Ebron a little bit but do you expect – I mean, I agree with you on Pascal. How much of an underrated piece do you think the Colts have here and a guy who can not only block but also have games like this? You know, the thing is I, I wouldn't make him a focal point, and that's not even a knock on him at all. It's because he, he's just not talented enough to be a focal point of an offense. He, I don't think he ever will be. Uh, but th this is a guy I, I just want to kind of praise him a little bit. He's a guy who went for an undrafted free agent, uh, kind of flew under the radar throughout the whole draft process, undrafted free agent. Uh, worked out as a running back and a receiver for the Redskins, got cut, uh, became a, just a special teams player for the Titans, just a special teams player for the Colts last year. Then he kind of got forced into action. And he's just this kind of player where you can never really get rid of. I mean, he's a guy who coaches will always love because you tell him to do anything, he'll do it. And he'll do it to uh, the, the most effort you'll ever get out of a player. If from blocking to special teams to any of that, he, he's going to do it. And then 
he's shown the ability to improve. I mean, last year he did some good things, and this year he looks even better. Uh, so, you know, it, as a coaching staff, I'm, I'm not trying to speak for this coaching staff, but uh, I know Kane was drafted higher than him, but when you're seeing a guy like Pascal go out there and produce day after day and he's just shown the work ethic that he has shown these last few years, I think it's just hard not to reward him with more playing time. Uh, Kane's is not getting it done, and, and Pascal is. With Blinkist, you get the unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. Go to Blinkist.com slash LockedOn, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and try free for seven days and get 25% off your first new subscription. Long day at work? Tough day at school? Still stuck at the office? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city and ordering is very easy on the DoorDash app. You can get over 350,000 restaurants in 3,300 different cities on the DoorDash app, and, we do, and they deliver door-to-door in all 50 states in Canada. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order or $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get started. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDON. And don't forget the promo code LOCKEDON for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Yeah, I think going forward, it's something you have to monitor for sure because Pascal is definitely out snapping Kane as far as production goes on a on a better personal basis there. But let's flip to the other side of the ball here, Zach, because it seems like overall this defense is a real worrisome concern. We had on already Matt Eberflus, but the pass rush is non-existent the last two weeks. They have no sacks, I believe, or maybe they have one on that span. They didn't have any yesterday against Derek Carr. The linebackers are really misaligning as far as play calls go. Bobby Okariki and Anthony Walker are struggling very bad in pass coverage. What, what stood out the most to you yesterday as far as the negatives going on the defensive side? There were plenty for sure, but I think the pass rush is something we have to get, get modern again moving forward. And also just how, how big of a piece Darius Leonard really is to this defense if we hadn't really known already. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of thoughts that come into uh, this defense these last couple of weeks. But I think number one, uh, which was the biggest change from last year. Because, honestly, the Colts against the pass last year were not outstanding. Uh, against good quarterbacks, they struggle, and against bad quarterbacks, they played well. And that's because they were always able to keep ahead of the sticks. You know, their run defense was just so good that they were able to always keep ahead of the sticks, and even good quarterbacks would be facing, you know, third and nine, third and ten, third and eleven. And even a good quarterback, it's, t- it's tough to, com- to convert those all games. So my biggest takeaway, honestly, uh, throughout this, this season is just how they can't stop the run. Uh, I don't know if it's defensive tackle, uh, you know, losing Al Woods. I mean, I don't think Al Woods was that great last year, but maybe he was. I mean, because the defensive tackles just aren't controlling their gaps. I think the linebackers are uh, – even when and when Darius Leonard was out there, I think the linebackers were just missing their reads and missing their alignments and, and getting blown off the ball by, by, um, by guards and tackles. I, I just think there's so much wrong with their run defense right now, and, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, again, last year they, they were not this outstanding defense but they kept teams behind the sticks and then they were able to just sit at the sticks, tackle them before they got the first down or, or cause a turnover. And that's why they were so effective. So I, I think that the biggest thing they got to do, even though we are seeing the pass coverage kind of break down a little bit, the pass rush, not really there. The biggest thing though, is you got to stop the run and keep teams behind the sticks because uh, that that's the key to football is making them have to convert uh, long, long third down opportunities. And we're just not seeing it there. And, and then when they have these shorter third down opportunities, uh, the defense just not stepping up. So it's kind of just a mess all around. Uh, but I really want to see this run defense step back up like it was last year. There's, there's no excuse for how it's fallen off since last season. Let me ask you this, Zach. It, I mean, personally, I believe it kind of is as far as this question goes. I'm going to throw it to you. But I, I feel like this defense is kind of getting figured out the more teams see it on tape as far as just Eberflus's tendencies go. And he's not really mixing up. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed, too, because he mentioned he wanted to be 
have some more exotic looks in camp. We just haven't seen that at all yet. Do, do you think it's what, – what's your assessment of that? Because it just seems like that, that's an issue we're going to have to monitor moving forward here. Yeah, I mean, I understand the, the thought process of it getting figured out. But uh, honestly, what the Colts do, even what they did last year, was really not this, this foreign concept. And it really wasn't this uh, – you know, it wasn't anything super unique. It was mostly a cover two, Tampa two defense. They brought a little bit of pressure. They, they rotate a little bit to man and, and cover three. But for the most part, it was just a Tampa two, cover two uh, defense that sat the sticks when you had third and second and long. Uh, it, again, it just wasn't really that complex. And, and now when you can't stop the run and you can't really get any kind of pass rush going, uh, teams can sit back there and they understand how to beat it. So to a degree, I think it is kind of getting the film on it. Uh, but it's also guys just not getting it done up front, you know, from, from pass rush and, and uh, run defense. Uh, so it's not really like this foreign defense that teams just needed a year to figure out. Uh, but, you know, Eberflus has to do something. You know, if it's disguising his coverages a little bit more, maybe playing a little more cover three, a little bit more man, uh, blitzing a little bit more like he did late last season with Kenny Moore and Darius Leonard. I don't really know what the solution is, but, uh, you know, you got to be sure as hell that he needs to, to figure it out or, you know, Frank Reich and this coaching staff need to sit down and, and figure it out because uh, there's just, just a lot of issues right now. This It's just not getting it done. This is not a defense right now that you can win games with. Yeah, you can say that again because it just seems like with – this team, they allowed 31 points to open. That just looking ahead here, Zach, now to the Kansas City game, it seems like a bad sign, especially now Clayton Gathers not entering concussion protocol. If Gathers is out along with Malik Hooker on Sunday, are they going to be starting George Odom and Curry Willis, or do you think they'd move Quincy Wilson to box safety at that point? So I'm not sure what they would do. I think if they don't sign anybody, which would be outrageous if they don't sign anybody, but um, if they don't sign anybody or they don't bring anybody of note, I think that the plan would likely be uh, Willis will play pretty much all the snaps at free safety, probably play, you know, 90 to 100% of the snaps in the game. And then you'll probably have Odom uh, playing majority of the strong safety snaps and then kind of Quincy, uh, you know, shifting back there, maybe playing there on some third down snaps. Uh, but I, I think they just have to sign a vet off the streets, you know, whether it be uh, a known name like Georgie Oka or someone like that or Mike Mitchell. Uh, you know, someone like that, or even, you know, a young guy, maybe like Kai Nakua, whatever his name was, that they had here in camp during uh, the offseason. Uh, they'd say those kind of guys, I could see it too, just kind of like a special team or just in case of injury. But uh, I would like it to be kind of more of a proven guy who can kind of provide some depth there. Uh, I just think they have to sign somebody. You can't really go into the game saying, you know, Quincy Wilson and Marv Hotel are emergency safeties because that could be uh, just a recipe for disaster on the back end, especially against Kansas City. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is on pace for 6,000 yards passing, which is crazy. He's probably on his way to another MVP award. It, it, let me ask you this, Zach. Do you feel like Mahomes is maybe the talented, most talented quarterback we've, we've really seen before? I mean, not ever, but, like, so to say, like, his talents and just the way he can sling the ball is just, like, way ahead of everyone on this tier for talking about elite quarterbacks. I would say right now in the NFL for sure. I know when, when I first started watching football when I was younger and and Aaron Rodgers was kind of that same way. Uh, obviously not to the same degree where he's just slinging, you know, 500 yards a week and five touchdowns. But, you know, Rodgers was, was kind of like this talent-wise younger in his career. But I think right now, I mean, it's, it's just Mahomes on a different level when it comes to quarterback play. Uh, you know, from, from arm strength to accuracy to improvisation uh, to footwork. I mean, he just does it all. Uh, this is definitely the best quarterback in football and it's the best quarterback the Colts are going to see this year or, you know, next year, whatever they see him, he's going to be the best quarterback for a while, I think, in this league. 
yeah, Mahomes is, is certainly at the top of the tier right now as far as NFL quarterbacks go. And looking into the game here, Zach, the over-under, I believe, is 56 and a half or 57 and a half. So they're expecting a high-scoring game here. And the spread is nine and a half for the Chiefs as the, the Colts are almost a 10-point underdog there. Do, do you think that the Colts are in a position here where if they don't get any stops early, it's going to get really ugly pretty fast? Yeah, but I think you can say that about anybody against the Chiefs. You know, if, if you give up a couple scores early against the Chiefs, it's all over. Not because they have this great defense, but uh, just because if you give Mahomes the ability to play with a lead, you're not going to come back. So, uh, I mean, I think the, the overall game plan going into this game against Kansas City is you just have to you have to grind the game out. You know, you have to control the clock, you know, have 10-minute drives with, with Marla Mack and Jordan Wilkins leading the way. Uh, don't let Mahomes touch the ball. Uh, you kind of got to play some scared football to a degree where you're just trying to play keep away from him and, and kind of scoring on really long touchdown drives. Uh, but that's the only way you can really beat him. I mean, he, he's a darn good quarterback with a great offense around him and, and some ta- talented skill, uh, skill players. I mean, it's going to be a tough game regardless. I don't, I don't know if the Colts can pull this one off, but, but the, the way to beat this game is definitely just control the clock and, and don't let Mahomes touch the ball. Yeah, that's the big thing is kind of possession in this game, man. If Marlon Mack is dinged up, it seems like he might be because he didn't play much at all in the second half. And Frank Rick kind of shrugged off there. He wasn't that that injured. But I feel like Mack's been kind of hurt and nagging with an injury since week two, Zach. What do you think they need to do here to really control that time of possession if Mack is dinged up and not 100% next week? I'll probably just have a steady rotation, maybe get Wilkins out there a little bit more. Because Wilkins, you know, even though the yards per carry has kind of gone down a little bit since the Titans game, I, I do think. Uh, that he has, you know, he's played pretty well this year. He's shown some things. He has some good vision. Uh, so get him a little bit more carries in the running game. But, uh, you know, it, if Max even somewhat good to go, he's still your best option uh, on the team. So I, I wouldn't be too worried. I, again, I don't think Reich was too worried, so I'm not terribly worried either. But, um, you know, if he even is like 70%, uh, maybe dress Jonathan Williams and, and play him a little bit as well. Uh, they do have a good, you know, even even though Williams gets scratched every week, they do have, uh, four good backs on this team. So they definitely can can use a rotation there. And then another note, I think, looking ahead here to the Chiefs is I feel like their defense has sort of improved this year. I mean, they added Tyron Matthew in a little bit. But can the Colts exploit this defense here? And I don't have the confidence personally after yesterday, but do you have confidence in this team at all, Zach, that they could win in a shootout? I don't think they can win in a shootout, honestly. Uh, I'm not super – I mean, I wouldn't say they can't win in a shootout, but – you know, I, I don't think there's very much a likelihood, especially if, you know, even if T.Y. Hilton plays this week, he's probably not going to be at 100%. I, I just don't see this team being that shootout type team. You know, if we had Andrew Luck, I would definitely say, hey, they could win in a shootout. But uh, and it's not even to discount Jacoby Brissett. He's just not on the level that, that Andrew Luck was, and he probably never will be. Uh, you know, it's just not the type of team this is anymore. This team with Brissett is more of a uh, grind out a win. He'll He'll take a couple shots here and there. He'll he'll convert in the red zone uh, kind of kind of team, which isn't a bad team at all. I just, you know, you, you can't get into a shootout with Kansas City. You've got to control the clock and, and kind of slow the game down and, and keep the ball in his hands. That, that's the way to win this game. Remember the days when you're always ready to go? Now you can increase performance to get the extra confidence in bed. With BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chew with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You need to them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Again, that is BlueChew.com for all the latest information. Yeah, I, I really personally believe that it's going to take a lot to win in this game. I think a lot of people are expecting it to be a blowout loss for the Colts. And what would it say for this team to keep it competitive, Zach? What would you say against Mahomes and against this 
high potent offense, what you would do on the defensive side, I think, is your Matt Eberflus because you can't play zone coverage and you can't if you're not going to mix it up against Mahomes, he's going to figure it out pretty fast and score a lot of points on you. Yeah. So everything I've been told, and, and you know, the recipe to beat them is not really a recipe that the Colts have been doing well this year. But uh, when you watch the Lions game, the Lions won a lot of cover one, a lot of man coverage. Uh, they like to kind of one-on-one the receivers on the outside with the safety over top or made two safeties over the top. Uh, but they like a lot of man coverage. And, and what I was told by a couple of Chiefs guys when I was talking to them is, is players like Demarcus Robinson and, and, uh, and Hardman, who they just drafted, they really struggle in and out of their routes and separating and man coverage. Uh, so I honestly think the game plan for me going in would be study what the Lions were doing and, and kind of try to emulate it. Because even though uh, the Chiefs put up, you know, 30-something points in that game. The Lions were in that game the whole time because their defense was playing well. Uh, so I would try to emulate maybe their cover one that they were running against them and, and try to bring some pressure in some unique ways. But uh, you kind of got to take advantage with Tyree Kill being out, you know, playing some man coverage, kind of pressing these guys, maybe paying a lot of attention to, to, to Travis Kelsey. Uh, but the, the biggest thing with, with Mahomes is you're not going to stop him. You're going to have to contain him, which is fine because that's what the Lions did last week. You know, they held him 250 yards and no touchdowns. Uh, probably the best performance we've ever seen against Mahomes from a defense, uh, but that's just the way you got to do it. You just gotta you gotta contain him, uh, and and just not let him hit those those big passes down the field. And and I think you have a chance. Yeah, that's the big thing is the pass game and how you can just contain him because you're not gonna be able to stop Mahomes. You're gonna have to maybe put up at least in the high twenties for them to win this game. Probably alongside maybe the LA game that we saw 30-24. It's gonna have to be at least in the twenty four to twenty eight, maybe even the thirty one point range for the Colts to win this one on Sunday, Zach. What would you say are your three main keys to this game? Because it seems like at this point, the Colts not only need a lot to bounce their way, but I think they're going to also need an outreal performance from Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, you know, honestly, I feel like I said the same ones every week, but uh, I'll, I'll kind of change them up a little bit. One, I'm going to say is time possession. Uh, control the time possession. Have, have it be, you know, don't have it be like the Colts have an extra minute of time possession over them. They have to have almost all the time possession in this game. Just eat that clock on offense. Do not let Mahomes touch the ball. Time possession's one. Uh, control the turnover battle. Uh, you cannot lose a turnover battle against the Chiefs because you give Mahomes extra possessions, uh, you, you know, you're not going to win. So that's number two. And then number three, it kind of goes with the time possession, but you got to, you know, control the ground game. Uh, outrush them, kind of, you know, have more carries in them, have more yards on the ground in them. Uh, you got to win in all those areas if you want to have a chance against the Chiefs, though. Yeah, I really think those areas against the Chiefs are going to be big because you you just see how how potent this offense is and as well as the improved defense. It's going to take a lot for the Colts to win this one here. I really think they could keep it close, Zach. I think the nine-and-a-half-point spread is pretty realistic, though. So I'm going to go with 34-24. Maybe the Colts get some garbage time points at the end here. I personally don't think it's going to be that close on Sunday when they go to Kansas City just with all the injuries they have. And it seems to be piling up even more now with the Clayton Gathers news. Yeah, uh, my score prediction, I'm going to go 42 to 24. Um, you know, again, I like this Colts team. I think they're a talented team, but the Chiefs are just an unreal animal. You know, they're the, probably the second best team in football, uh, and Mahomes is just, you know, a different player. So, uh, yeah, 42 to 24 would be my score prediction this week. Before I let you go here, Zach, before we finish things up, I wanted to ask you about the AFC South here because I know we're predicting a loss here. So, saying they are 2 and 3 heading into their bye week. And the AFC South now is tied at two and two overall. Everyone is the Titans, Jaguars, and Texans. How big of a game is it going to be after that bye week for Houston now and all the division games moving forward here? Because 
to be honest, I, I, I really think a nine-win AFC South team is going gonna, is gonna to get it done here. I think nine wins is probably the barrier that gets the Colts into the playoffs as the AFC South winner because the, the division doesn't look that good this year. So what would you say how, how critical the, the, these, those games are coming up? Oh, they're big. I mean, division games are huge. I mean, if you can win uh, 50% of your division games, you know, 60% of your, of your division games, you always have a chance uh, to make the playoffs. So those division games are huge, and, and there's no excuse going to Houston. You know, this week, I'm not saying there's an excuse this week, but going against Kansas City, kind of injured, limping into the bye week, I think uh, none of us really expect to win. But coming off a of bye week, you're going to have some players healthy, going against a division opponent that you faced three times last year and played pretty well against. Uh, there's no excuse in that game. So the Colts have to come out and play well if they want any chance to, to make the playoffs this season. Zach, appreciate the time as always. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach Hicks 2 and read his work over at Stampede Blue. Appreciate the time, Zach. We'll talk again next week after the, after the game. Awesome, man. Awesome. Thanks.